gyms and um, the fact that they've had to close in the Liverpool City region. But I understand that in Lancashire, that's not the case. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, obviously, I don't know what conversations Liverpool were having. I mean, we, we took the decision to, clo- to close soft play centres and not gyms, because obviously in a, in a gym environment, it is possible for people to, obviously, because they're all adults, they're able to um, keep a social distance and they're able to um, sanitise um, gym machinery, weights, etc. when they've used them. Obviously, with soft play centres, because you're dealing with little children, it's much more difficult um, for, for kind of that social distancing to take place. So we in Lancashire took the view that um, gyms could remain open because they could operate in a safe environment, whereas soft play centres couldn't. Like I said, I don't know the conversation that took place in Liverpool, but I am aware of the outcome that it's, it's the complete reverse of, of the decision that was reached in Lancashire. Uh, and then, Stephen, in terms of how the deal was finally done with government, because I know, and I'll talk to Jeff about this at the moment, there was, there was some resistance initially to, to move the county into a tier three situation. Um, but from the business point of view, what sort of support measures uh, have you been able to, to gain for, from central government in terms of finance packages and so on? So there's obviously a range of, of things that are on the table. I mean, there's obviously the things that everybody else has got access to in terms of the furlough scheme, uh, you know, and that's obviously something that's playing out nationally. And what we were able to negotiate in Lancashire above um, what was originally on the table, which was a, a £12 million payment, so that's £8 per head of population in Lancashire. And we were able to negotiate an additional £30 million on top of that. Um, so that's unring fence funds um, that, that we, um, we being Lancashire, so all, all, the, um, all the district councils and the county council, can now set up a scheme as to as to how that money is going to be used. So you know, there's a range of options that we we can look at. So such as direct support for businesses, or potentially um, additional support for individuals through the furlough scheme. So it gives us quite a lot of, of flexibility um, in and around that. In addition to the money, I mean, some of the other big big ticket items for us in Lancashire is that we are able to have greater control over test and trace. So clearly that's going to be a, a massive weapon in terms of the fight against um, COVID-19 going forward is the ability to have a really effective test and trace system. So that was a key one for us. Uh, and we also potentially get access to um, military support, which just brings in, you know, whilst obviously military support does sound quite a worrying thing. I mean, they bring in expertise, they bring in resources, which again is really important to support us and our communities. Um, you know, and, and this was a, a, a very deliberate um, ploy because over the last couple of weeks, I mean, the number of um, hospitalizations in Lancashire was going up. You know, the cases per 100,000, particularly over over 60s, was going up. So these were all really worrying factors that we needed to get to grips with. But I mean, and obviously, Jeff will, Jeff will, will, will talk about some of the really detailed political conversations shortly, I'm sure. But, you know, none of these decisions were taken lightly. Um, you know, we had to weigh up the, the public health risk against the impact on our economy. And it's a really difficult choice to make. But we think with the time that we had, we've, we've probably got the best deal on on both sides of that equation. Okay. I will bring Jeff into the conversation in one moment, but just final point to you, Stephen, at this point. Uh, in terms of timescales, have, have the government indicated how this will be reviewed? Yeah, so what, one of the key things with regard to going into Tier 3, certainly into the Tier 3 that Lancashire has gone in, it has a sunset clause. So 28 days time, um, it will drop off. And so at that point, or slightly in advance of that point, there'd have to be another conversation as to where they should be extended. So, you know, re- again, really clear, didn't want to get into a situation where there was no end date and it would kind of go on indefinitely. So there's a very clear break date in 28 days time. Um, by which point either um, we will have to continue with this or we'll have to remove it or do something different. Um, but it just gives ev- gives 
ever want a clear date by which we've all got to sit down again and have, have another conversation. And I think that's really, really important for, for confidence in business as well as for, for our residents knowing um, where they're going. And presumably, Stephen, that'll be based on the, the figures, will it? Just in terms of what? Uh, infection rates, hospitalizations, what will it count? I mean, there's, there's three things that the that the government seem to be using um, in terms of the, the decision making around this. I mean, obviously, everyone talks about the R rate, but for me, that's kind of a secondary consideration because there's quite a lag around the R rate. The three things that they're looking at is hospitalisation, um, you know, clearly impact on the NHS and its ability to, to deal with increased hospitalisations. One of the three factors, um, the case rate per 100,000, particularly over over 60s, is obviously a key factor. Then the third one is the positivity rate. So that's the percentage of tests that you, you administer in a particular area how many of those are positive now the higher the number of positive tests per total number of tests that you that you administer suggests given that not everyone will be getting tested for various reasons that the overall infection rate will be up so if, if, if those three those three areas are going in the wrong direction then there's clearly an issue that needs to be dealt with uh, within lancashire you know we, we were going the wrong way on those those particular measures so someone somewhere had to intervene yeah thanks stephen uh, Jeff, lovely to see you. I think this is the first time I've seen you since uh, since lockdown back in March. We, we managed to get a meeting in just before, I think. Um, I, I've noticed you've still not been keeping out of trouble, but more of that a bit later on, perhaps. Um, in terms of the conversations that were taking place uh, with the government, you expressed some concern uh, about Lancashire moving into this new situation. So... Tell us how those conversations developed, Jeff. Well, yeah, uh, thank, uh, thanks, Frank. It's uh, good to see you too. Um, the, the the starting point with the negotiations, is, it's important to remember, um, was, uh, as Stephen just said then, there's £8 per head on the table, um, uh, £12 million for us. And then all of the hospitality uh, sector was up for closing. Um, so we negotiated our way around that. And that's why we've got a different situation between us and Liverpool, because obviously um, different uh, priorities came out. Um, we we felt very strongly that uh, gyms and leisure centres should be open because not only are they vital for a lot of people's physical health and well-being, but they're also vital for a lot of people's mental health and well-being. So provided we can monitor them and make sure that they are COVID safe, and we convinced the government that we could do that, we were able to uh, keep the uh, uh, the gyms and, and leisure centres open. But the price for doing that was that we couldn't we couldn't keep everything else open. There'd got to be a balance in terms of what the medics are saying, where the infection spread and how best we can control it. And then, of course, as Stephen said, we actually negotiated another 30 million with 20 pounds per head, which will go towards helping um, businesses and perhaps uh, as important, if not more importantly, those people who are going to be furloughed in the businesses, because I think we all recognise, don't we, that a lot of the people who are going to be furloughed are, are at or just above the minimum wage. And if they suddenly find themselves only having two thirds of their income, they're not going to find it easy to manage. And we've got to step into that space um, in terms of advice where they can get other um, income from and indeed perhaps even put in some of our own cash in so that, that, that that's what we managed um, uh, to do it wasn't easy uh, not everybody agreed all the time but eventually we came to that uh, compromise and and push for it but the, the, I think the important thing to stress here it's always a balance between the economy and lives 
and at the moment, because of the really serious situation in Lancashire, the balance has got to be on saving lives at this moment in time. Stephen said, there's a sunset clause in the, in the deal, and in four weeks' time, it will lapse. Um, now, it might be replaced by something similar, something very different. We'll have to see uh, how, how we get there. But that is the situation at the minute. And we, we recognise the measures we're taking in themselves will not get the virus under control. We are going to have to take other measures. And that's what we're looking at now to see how we can supplement the measures that are already been taken. I was just going to come to that point, Jeff, and, and say that, you know, one of the problems that has arisen in Greater Manchester, and I, I should point out, you know, this isn't a party political issue. There's Conservative MPs and Conservative councils in Greater Manchester as well who have not really been convinced by the government's approach in terms of putting towns, cities, regions into Tier 3. Were they able to provide you with any comfort, any evidence that, Tier three will lead to a reduction, or as you say, you're having to look at other measures to assist as far as that's concerned. Yeah, it's a good point, Frank, um, and and it's a bit of both, really. Um, the, there is no medical evidence that closing the pubs and bars will get the virus under control because there's no evidence that um, that's where the infection is spreading. And the reason there's no evidence is because we haven't been here before. So we've nothing to fall back on. But I mean, your own observation tells you that if you get literally hundreds of people milling together when, they, when they've all had a drink or two and hug in and, and, and what have you, your own, your own common sense tells you that you don't need too many people in there to be infectious maybe asymptomatic but infectious they're going to pass it on um, and I listened very carefully to, uh, to Joe Anderson um, you know the Liverpool city mayor who, who I mean Joe and I go and get on very well and, and of course very sadly he lost his own brother to Covid at the end of last week but, but Joe actually commented on the behaviour of many people in the streets after the pubs had closed um, he, he said it's a shame on our city and, and I think that's what we've got to, we've got to get everybody singing from the same hymn sheet recognizing this is a really serious issue and it's not going to go away unless we all pull together and we all just do that little bit to make sure that we, we we're complying with the regulations I think one of the criticisms that has been made Jeff uh, and some of this has come out even during our short conversation is that lack of clarity around rules and, you know, you run a big, diverse county. Uh, and so, you know, you're having to communicate messages to a, a swathe there of people who all live in different circumstances, different areas, different challenges. Um, and simple messaging is something I think that's gone missing here. So I think, you know, social distancing, wash your hands, keep space, all those sort of things, which... I think we'd all agree are just common sense and we can all abide by. I think where this has started to go wrong is the contradictions that people have, at least in their own heads. And when you start saying to people, for example, well, you can go to a gym in Lancashire, but you can't go to a gym in Liverpool. And you're saying to kids, well, you can go to school all day with those people but you can't go and visit your mate who you're in school with all day at the end of the day. It then starts to be difficult, I think, for people to follow the rules that they don't really understand or perhaps don't believe in. 
did you have any conversations about messaging and communication? Because again, I'd say to you, Jeff, I think we get this better at a local level rather than national campaigns. No, you're absolutely right, Frank. Um, and communications is key. Um, and um, it was one of the ways we managed to convince government that, uh, well, look, we can keep the bars and uh, the uh, gyms and uh, leisure centres open because of the other measures that we're going to take. But you, you, you and I have talked about it before. Once you think you've got your communications right, you get them, you're doing better because they're, they're never right. You can never get them exactly right. And so we're going to work very, very hard on that to get the message across. I mean, I recognise that it, it's difficult, because, especially when you live near the border. If the, if there's, um, the restrictions are different uh, in, in uh, the Liverpool city region uh, from in Lancashire. But one of the key factors that, um, to be fair to the civil servants, they were pushing to us, they, they, they wanted us to be able to be influence the decisions locally. You know, they were saying, look, you know your uh, residents better than we do. You know what your circumstances are better than we do. So make the decisions. And I'm, I'm, in fact, giving a little bit of a secret away at one stage when some of my colleague leaders were hoping that the government would um, sort of make the decision for us in certain areas. The, the senior civil servant said, now, come on, you're always saying you want local government to make the decision, so make it. Um, and and if, if you are going to do that, you will inevitably get slight differences between the different regions. Um, and, and I think to be able to be involved locally and making the decisions locally, or at least significantly influencing the decisions locally, that's a price to pay. But, but we need to make sure we get the communications right. Uh, and final point to you, Jeff, before I bring Stephen back into the conversation. You've mentioned getting the balance right between the economy and health. Uh, listeners, you know, long as I've known you, you've been prioritising economic development, jobs and growth in Lancashire. That's been your key priority throughout the time that you've been on the County Council. Uh, where do you think Lancashire is at the moment? How much more of this can we take without seeing, you know, a really serious downturn as far as our economic prospects are concerned? I think we're already seeing a very, very serious downturn, aren't we? You know, we just need to look at the aerospace, which has been a key um, part of the uh, industrial sector in, in Lancashire. And it's taken a massive, massive hit. And, and sadly, Frank, I don't think we've finished. I, you know, I think the economy is going to take more and more of a hit. But and, and I don't want to make it sound too dramatic, but at, at this stage of the pandemic, we have to concentrate on saving people's lives. And, and the point I make, uh, unashamedly, it, is that when, the, when this mess is over and we can, we can get back uh, to some form of normality, we can get people's jobs back, but we'll never be able to bring them back to life. And, and what we've got to do is protect people's lives. Uh, and at this moment in time, we're at a tipping point with the pandemic and that's got to be our highest priority. And then, you know, as, as you know, we've managed uh, already to, to make £12 million available of the county council's money on top of what the government has given us. And, and Stephen and his team are working through um, how we can, what measures we can introduce to help the economy bounce back. Um, and hopefully we can find even more than that £12 million. But we, we will do whatever is necessary and we'll be there to make sure that the uh, Lancashire economy can bounce back. And that's a nice segue into 
the conversation I wanted to pick up with you, really, Stephen, because you've been working hard on a recovery plan uh, post-COVID. We're all looking forward to the day when we can begin to, to look forward rather than having to deal with what's on our plate at the moment. What are the sort of big ticket items that you think will be able to secure the sort of bounce back that clearly uh, Jeff and, and, and everyone else would like to see? And I suppose there's, there's a number of things really, and we, we've been banging the drum of all of these things for quite some time now. So there is um, something, I think, a key thing around um, reopening our town centres um, uh, and doing that safely. I mean, the, clearly the town centres are open. They're incredibly safe in Lancashire, but it's beginning to get that confidence back and people actually being um, present on the high street and, and spending money. That's a key one. Um, we've got um, the obvious area of hospitality, which I know has been hit hit really badly, and I've seen quite a lot of stuff um, that's been put out there, particularly by by yourself and, and and the downtown team around the impacts on hospitality. And that's got to be a key area um, where um, you know additional support is needed. Um, Jeff's already mentioned the aerospace sector, um, and we've been doing quite a lot of work in Lancashire looking at the impact on the aerospace sector as well as the supply chain, uh, and that's another key area um, that we. We, we obviously need some support and then um, the uh, tourist economy Lancashire is obviously blessed with with um, things like Blackpool and the Ribble Valley which are massive tourist hotspots uh, and they clearly need quite a lot of support to to help them um, post this this pandemic so there's, there's, there's a few sort of different things and we have been in conversations with government um, from very early stages of this pandemic around some of those issues and those key industry sectors for Lancashire and talking about how we can how we can you know open those again more safely how we can support those industries and their wider ecosystem in terms of surviving this pandemic and you know and and a lot of those conversations have landed really well and we're getting a lot of traction with things like Eden of the North which will obviously be a game changer not only for Lancashire but for the entire north of England um, you know we've been getting quite a lot of support uh, around some of our um, offer around tourism so you know we're feeling quite buoyant at the moment and um, giving up the, the horrible things that are happening and the massive impact that that is having on our economy that we'll be able to bounce back at some point in the future. And you've mentioned the, the tourism industry, obviously the visitor economy. It, it's, it, it matters to the UK economy, but for places like Lancashire, it is such a, a big part of the infrastructure of the county. Um, and we have seen some, some really good companies go under already. Uh, I'm sure that you know when people are watching this, they'll be hoping that there will be at least some money put aside, targeted, at those places that are having to close at the moment. Uh, you'll be working through the detail of that now, I'm sure. Um, but anything that you can say that may give them some hope, some comfort as we enter those conversations? I mean, clearly, you know, you're absolutely right. Those sectors will be um, foremost in our mind when we start to look at the money that we've got available at the moment. Um, but I think it's important to say it's not just that money. You know, we have um, previously put um, a submission into government to be part of a comprehensive spending review. You know, we're constantly lobbying government around additional support. Um, so whilst all the detail will 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 come out in the in the very near future as to as to who we're able to support um, and not in in this initial round of, of of resources, like I say, it's important to remember that this is hopefully only a, a small part of the total um, support package that Lancashire will receive and clearly when we do get the, the full extent of the money um, that we require um, the visitor economy is going to be really high up on our agenda because it is so important for for Lancashire and its wider economy. Now I know you, you mentioned Blackpool there I know it's not uh, part of the administrative Lancashire County Council but you guys work very closely alongside Blackpool rightly so uh, and I know on Saturday there was an awful lot of concern, wasn't there, in terms of uh, the Glasgow contingent 
visiting the town to watch the uh, the old firm derby. Uh, I assume that because Lancashire was put into tier three uh, on Friday evening, that that problem didn't really arise as much as you'd uh, you'd potentially feared. Go on, Jeff. Do you want to? I was going to say. I mean, clearly there was quite a lot of of, of stuff out there in, uh, in the media. Uh, you know, uh, from both sides of the border around um, travel uh, and, and particularly people coming down to watch the Old Firm Derby. Um, at the moment, the, the, the guidance is it's it's recommended that you don't travel, but it's not it's not actually a kind of a, a legal requirement as such. So, you know, to some extent, we are still requiring that people do have, uh, you know, do um, adopt quite a lot of common sense. From what I was hearing uh, prior to the weekend and certainly over the weekend, a lot of people did heed that message. Uh, so hopefully the impact was 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 greatly reduced. I mean, I think what is really important, given everything that we're facing and given the guidance and support, people just do need to be sensible uh, and use the common sense. You know, it would be impractical I think for the government or the county or any any sort of public sector body to have to regulate for every possible circumstance and then enforce against that circumstance we do need people to to behave sensibly um, and bear in mind some of the some of the challenges that um, people are facing particularly people that have been hospitalized or people that potentially could are about to lose their jobs or could lose their jobs in the future and by by taking risks and traveling and doing all of those things you're just compounding that problem and making it worse. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, and and on the Blackpool situation, as you rightly said, Frank, uh, Blackpool and Blackburn are, are not part of the administrative county, but in terms of the negotiations we were having with uh, government, it was pan-Lancashire wide, so it included uh, Blackpool and, and Blackburn as a fundamental part uh, of, of the discussions. And there's no doubt about it, Blackpool have taken a massive hit um, in, in by closing the pubs and, and bars down, and I, I wasn't aware. You, you you might be aware, but the the half term uh, period is the the busiest time for Blackpool, uh, where in the hospitality sector, where they actually take most revenue. And so closing uh, the pubs and bars just before half term comes, it's a massive massive hit. You. You've provided me with the segue again, Jeff. I, I promise you this isn't rehearsed, but you've <laughs> talked there about the, the fact that Lancashire has been negotiated with by the government and it's included Blackburn and Blackpool in those negotiations. And I referenced earlier, tongue-in-cheek, that despite lockdown, you haven't stayed out of trouble. Uh, and there was a little bit of a spat uh, about the potential local government reorganisation that, uh, again, we've been talking about it seems for, for many years now. Um, wh where, is that, where is that up to? Because it, it seemed to me, it, you know, whichever side of the fence you sit on uh, in terms of how you go forward with that whole debate about devolved powers, the government were wanting Lancashire to come up with a solution. Um, I'm guessing that those conversations, at least for now, are on hold. But any progress, do you feel, Jeff, being made in that area at the moment? Well, we're getting mixed messages, actually. The, the, the formal response in, in letter from uh, Robert Jenry, the Secretary of State, is that everything's on hold for now. But then informal messages we're getting are that, well, you know, if you, if you come up with a, a good scheme, um, it will be considered, uh, you know, as you know, Cumbria, North, uh, North uh, Yorkshire and Somerset have been asked to, to produce their schemes. I think the reason why we haven't been asked is there's, um, I think there's general agreement in the main that we need to have some form of local government review, but it's, it's what form that 
should take where there is significant differences of opinion. And I think that's, um, uh, you know, how governments operate and they, they don't want to put their toe into, into that sort of uh, uh, dispute. So I think they're waiting for that to be resolved within Lancashire. And obviously I'm working on that because, you know, frankly, um, what's happening now and the fact that we will need to recover um, when when we get through this COVID crisis, that, that, that just demonstrates out loud that we need a different form of local government in Lancashire. The, the present two-tier system simply isn't um, serviceable. It, it's just not fit for purpose for the 21st century. Um, so we need to move to unitary local government and whatever form and whatever uh, geography that has um, obviously remains up, up for grabs. But I mean, I, I, I've been in, in meetings with ministers when the lead, both the leader of Blackpool and Blackburn have said quite openly that they're not sustainable going forward because they're too small. They don't have the financial resources or the capacity in terms of officer capacity to be able to get involved in the real issues that they need to get involved in. So we need to move to unitary local government and the sooner the better. But as I say, we need to get our act together in Lancashire to try and present. We'll never get total agreement. Um, I recognize that, but we do need to get a bit more agreement than we've got. And we've had this conversation many times, Jeff. You know, if you look across the Pennines, West Yorkshire have now got a devolution deal in place. You've got Sheffield, City region. Uh, you've got Manchester and Liverpool on the borders here. We're, we're surrounded by these devolved authorities. Uh, and I think we are being disadvantaged, not just because, as you've rightly pointed out, the system of governance now is just not fit for purpose for the 21st century, but we've missed out on literally millions of pounds mm. worth of resources, haven't we, that have gone to those other places? Yeah, we have. And um, I mean, whether we like it or not, and as you say, you and I have talked about this many times, um, it, it is clear that the government sees combined authorities as the vehicle for the levelling up that they promised uh, at the last general election, uh, levelling up the economy of the UK. Um, and in the same letter that I've just referred to, where Robert Jenrick says, um, just hold on for any further local government review, he actually does go on to say there'll be more devolution. And, he, and in that same sentence he's talking about combined authorities with mayors so you know we you're right we've been left behind big time right now and we've lost out on millions of resources but unless we get our act together we ain't seen nothing yet we're going to we're going to be left out even more and um, especially if uh, Cumbria get uh, a deal and then bordering with North Yorkshire if they get a deal we're going to be surrounded by it and and uh, there's, there's a stark um, uh, statistic that's come to mind. We used to be, Lancashire used to be the second um, biggest economy in the Northwest. We're now fourth, you know, we're, we're behind Merseyside and obviously behind Greater Manchester, but we're also behind Warrington and Cheshire now. Well, we, we can't allow that situation to continue. We've got to sort it out. Uh, and I've said this often in the past, and it's as true now as it was back in 2010, the Northern Powerhouse needs a strong Lancashire. Mm. And we're in such a great location in terms of being able to connect the rest of the North. Fabulous rail links, great motorway network, uh, you know, all things being equal once we come through this, some really high-end industry sectors as well. And it's a crying shame, really, 
if we can't get that parochialism put aside and get to a place where we can become a major player in that whole Northern Powerhouse project, Jeff? Absolutely. Um, you're right. I mean, Lancashire has a big part to play and, and we want to be playing that part. But, but at the present time, um, we, we, without a, a meaningful combined authority, uh, there's no way we can do it. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not giving any secrets away when I say that um, the, the leaders working together on this latest proposal for COVID was unique in, in my time as leader. We've, we've never, we'd never before sung as one voice. And even then, right at the very end, the unity <laughs> disrupted. Um, and and we've, we've sort of back to the normal situation where um, everybody's having their own say what affects their particular area. And once you've got that, um, a combined authority for Lancashire is just a dream, we, but we really have to sort it out. And, and you'll not be surprised to hear that I'm using every opportunity to, to, to press for that uh, where, wherever and whenever I can. But in the interim period, Stephen, you've got to work with what you've got. Uh, and I know that you've been you know, resourcing largely through the County Council, the, the local enterprise partnership, for example, uh, and you've been working on economic development plans before uh, COVID hit. Uh, my view, and be interesting to get your comments here, is that all of those strengths I've named could actually put Lancashire in a good place if we can get the message right to government, because it is, I think, going to be an infrastructure-led recovery. I think that's where government is looking to put investment. And we've got great projects potentially in, in the county, haven't we, Stephen? Yeah, we have. I mean, you know, and, and I think it's it's real testament to some of the work that was done before COVID-19 with the county and a, a range of our partners that we were able to get. I think I think the, the current county is 2.25 billion of pipeline projects that are that are, are, are coming forward um, and are relatively well advanced. So we haven't stopped on any of those projects. We've continued to try and push those projects forward. And, you know, Eden of the North was one that I mentioned, you know, City Deal, the, the list is, is relatively extensive. Um, and the, the challenge for us is to continue to push those projects. And a key part of our recovery um, conversation with government is to seek support to try and bring some of those things to fruition and see those, those things actually happen on the ground. I mean, they're massively important to Lancashire in terms of job creation, uh, and, and in terms of uh, perhaps more importantly, certainly from my perspective, raising the profile of the county and making it a much more serious player in the in the North Powerhouse. Yeah, I think it, if I could just add to that, Frank, um, Stephen's absolutely right. But um, we, we're fortunate in, in the county in terms of our uh, financial situation. We, we're considerably better off than a lot of other local authorities um, in the country, some of whom are, are having to issue a section 114 notice, which is the equivalent of a company advising the stock exchange that um, they've got serious problems. Um, and some, I'm, I'm not gonna name any for obvious reasons, but, but some of them are big name local authorities who are having to make serious reductions um, in their budgets this year. We're in the position where we don't need to make any uh, reductions in in our budget this year and we're okay for making our budget for next year so we will be able to put resources in um, in a way that a lot of other local authorities aren't able to do and you can rest assured we will do that. The one area that we haven't spoken about yet which is unusual uh, is, is education because of the great universities uh, that we have in Lancashire but also 
um, you know, some great FE colleges as well. Uh, and if you gain, if you, if you look at what the Chancellor has been talking about in terms of recovery plans, education, skills and training right at the forefront uh, of his thinking, and I'm sure the government's thinking. Uh, again, uh, I'm sure that, that you guys have been working with UConn, Lancaster, Preston's College and others um, to, to start to, to, to think about and imagine what we, we will start to need to be required as we see a spike in unemployment, because it's not just young people that we have to be mindful of here. There's going to be a lot of mature people coming out of work, sadly. Uh, again, Stephen, if I may, any particular uh, projects that we've started to work up in that area yet? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a couple of things to this, really, I suppose. I mean, first of all, you're right. You know, absolutely. You know, Lancashire's blessed with with four great universities um, and it's got a college sector, I would argue, like no other in terms of its its quality and the services that it, it delivers. Um, you know, we have started um, conversations in the first instance around um, obviously managing COVID, particularly amongst our universities, because obviously because amongst students has been quite a spike um, and we've seen that sort of happen nationally. So we're obviously working around that um, and a key part of our um, recovery um, ask to government today and will continue to be is around education because you're absolutely right there's going to be a huge reskilling piece and that's been a part of the work that we've already started to do with with boost and our skills um, colleagues in the county council to begin to understand so Jeff mentioned earlier about the impact on aerospace so that's one area that's that at the moment is, is contracting within Lancashire but we're aware conversely that you know some of our green energy solutions on the file course to continue to expand so you know conversations around how we can reskill some of those people to potentially take advantage of those new opportunities is an ongoing part of our, our conversation but certainly the skills agenda is going to be absolutely pivotal in terms of, of of the recovery piece for me it's not just about saying to government um, although this is part of the conversation just gives us lots of money and you know and we'll just prop industries up it's about looking at what those industries are going to be now and what they need to be in the future and ensuring that we're providing a workforce um, of highly skilled people that can fill those jobs and and help the Lancashire economy expand yeah, that, uh, that, I mean, as you know, Frank, the universities and, and colleges themselves uh, as businesses have a massive impact uh, on the economy uh, of Lancashire and we need to keep them going. One, one, one area that we need to be careful of in terms of the skills, as you know, um, much of the uh, resources that are, are being devolved down for schools are going to the combined authorities. And as it stands at the moment, we, we, we're not the combined authority and so we're having to sort of push extra hard to make sure that we get the resources because I don't doubt for one minute from the reasons that uh, Stephen said, Lancashire's not unique in needing to reskill people and move them from uh, jobs that they've been doing into, into other jobs and the government devolving funds, they're going to go to the combined authorities and if we're not careful we'll be left out again. And I think that's the area that we've noticed most in terms of that gap of funding starting to emerge. You know, that skills education uh, funding that Liverpool, Manchester, other devolved authorities uh, have taken advantage of. I, I can't remember the figures, Jeff, but they're eye-watering. Uh, yeah. And I know particularly colleges have, have, have been hurt by the fact that, you know, as Liverpool and Manchester are getting those additional resources, they have to come from somewhere and it's come from from basically yeah. non-devolved areas such as Lancashire. So you, you're spot on in terms of the observation you make. Uh, listen, I know we've got a couple of questions in the chat room that I'll go to in a moment. John Chesworth uh, placed a question in there. I think there's another one as well. 
But before I do that, can, can I just move you on slightly in, in, in terms of um, how we move forward now? And you mentioned that 28-day break clause. We've talked about communications and we've talked about um, test and trace. And, and listen, I don't want to be political about this. Um, no government has had to face in modern times the sort of issues that this one has. And I'm sure we're all learning lessons as we go on. But are you confident now that localities, so in this instance, the strategic authority is Lancashire County Council, are you confident that you are having a transfer of powers that will enable you to begin to help get on top of this thing? Tough question, but I think it's one people will be asking. No, you, you, you're right. It, it, we've never been here before, have we, in none of our lifetimes. And, and, and so we're learning as we go along. Uh, yes, I'm as confident as we can be, because, as Stephen said right at the outset, one of the, one of the uh, significant parts of the package that we've negotiated is more local control over test and trace. And, and you know, none of we three of a medical background, but we know, don't we, that the, the key to this until we get a vaccine is test and trace, and we've got to get that sorted out. And, and um, the government made it very clear to us, they said in terms, you know your localities better than we do, and so you can certainly um, play a significant role there, and that is part of the package. And in addition to that, this much vaunted 20-minute test, um, we've, we've agreed with the government as part of the package that we, we will be a pilot for that. So once, and we'll get the resources to make sure that we can do it properly, both in, in terms of cash and uh, manpower. Um, so yes, if those things come together, which I'm hope, confident that they will, yeah, we can we can see a way through it. Um, but we've a long way to go yet, Frank. And and you know everybody needs to know they've got to play their part. Uh, and logistically, again, I, I'll just give uh, you know I'll throw my two pen up in for what it's worth. Um, I, I think Lancashire has always been one of the top performers uh, when it comes to these sort of public health issues, whether it comes to education as well. You know, you look across the board in terms of performance as a county. Uh, we've always been right up there, Stephen, haven't we? And I'm sure that's where we'll want to be at the end of this as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the point that Jeff makes is, is really important to remember. You know, nobody's really ever dealt with this, certainly not in living memory, a, a pandemic like this. So we are all learning. But certainly so far and today, you know, the, the uh, medical um, support and public health um, support that we've received in Lancashire has been exceptionally good historically and, you know, has been very good through this pandemic um, today. I'm sure with great control over test and trace um, and some of the additional supports that the government have put in place will help us hopefully move that forward and, and see us come out the other end uh, in the not too distant future I hope. We're all keeping our fingers crossed for that. Um, right let's move to uh, questions. Anyone else got a question please put it into the chat room. This is from, from John Chesworth. Many businesses have said that because of non-wage overheads they'll have to close for good so their employees won't get any of their wages paid through furlough. It seems inevitable that we'll need to create many new jobs separate from the schemes to save existing ones. Are the plans in place to support such job creation? Is there new money from governments available to support such schemes? So I suppose there's a few bits to that. I mean, the first bit, I mean, I've obviously already mentioned the, the 
2.25 billion pipeline. I mean, a lot of that will be around job creation. So there are a number of schemes that sit within that that will create jobs that we um, are, are funding ourselves with help from governments. So that's kind of the first bit to that. Um, the second bit, I suppose, is around the education and skills bit that you already talked about. You know, there is conversations and ongoing conversations to try and make sure that our institutions are um, upskilling. Um, the other bit, I suppose, is, is kind of the ongoing conversation and dialogue that we're having with our businesses. So we um, are quite blessed by having a really strong boost team in Lancashire that work with all our businesses um, and they're continuing conversations with businesses around what their skills mix is at the moment. They're talking about um, where there's a skills deficit in a particular industry and there is um, uh, an excess of that skill in another industry, how those people can be shared across the piece. We're also talking and supporting individuals around reskilling, setting up businesses. So we're kind of moving that agenda forward on a, on a range of different fronts but um, and obviously all of that is underwritten by our continued asks to government for additional support. So I think there is quite a strong package of support that we're trying to put in place, recognising that there will be some businesses that close or certainly downsize. Uh, and we're very mindful of that, trying to help people find new jobs and make sure they've got the right skills to do those new jobs. And, and John, John's point is very valid about the non-wage costs. Um, and we made that point very strongly to government and said, look, if these firms go out of business, there's nobody there to service the payroll to pay the where the two thirds uh, of those uh, staff who are on furlough. So the, 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 the government clearly noted that um, and obviously in ongoing discussions, we, we need to do some more talking. But I go back to the point we made earlier about the schools, Frank, any resources are gonna come from government for schools are more than likely not to go to the combined authorities rather than to us. So we'll, we'll just have to keep pushing. And just in terms, of, I should mention, John is the, the managing partner over at uh, Harrison Drury Law Firm. So thanks for your question, John. Um, I just wonder, picking up on the point that John makes in a sense there, uh, again, you know, I'm conscious of the fact that we've got strong infrastructure of services there. You talked about boost and business support, uh, Stephen. And, and again, Jeff, I know that the Welfare Rights Unit has been operating in Lancashire for a long time now. They're the sort of services that potentially are going to come under some strain, aren't they? And, and that's per perhaps where we need to be saying to government, uh, we need some additional help here because these people are going to be at the front line and are going to be needed more than ever. Yes, yes. And we'll push. But first and foremost, we, we will use our own resources in in, in that direction. And if we need more resources in the welfare rights, if we need more resources um, in, in the boost uh, offer, we, we're in a position where we can make those resources available. But somewhat obviously, yeah, we'll keep pushing government as well. But it's, you're right, that's where the pressure is going to come. And, and we're going to make sure that they're able to cope with it. Now, the final thing I'm going to talk about, because I don't want us uh, to, to be going away feeling uh, doom, gloom and despondency. And I, I hope, like, like me, others have, have gone away from this conversation with, with some optimism that, that we are trying to get to grips with this thing and we will get through it, I'm sure. Um, but the thing that's been really impressive, I think, over a number of years now from Lancashire is, uh, despite those difficulties we've spoken about in terms of not being able to necessarily get devolution deal over the line, the county has come together a much more uh, effective way, in my opinion, in terms of its marketing campaigns, mm. getting messages out there about why the county is a good place to do business. And of course, we've got the culture bid that's still on the table as well. 
Um, I, I'm hoping that I, and I'm guessing that I'm going to hear the right answers here, but none of that will be diluted, will it, because of this. We're still going to go full steam ahead because we're starting to build a momentum and it'd be a shame if we allowed anything to get in the way of that. Oh, you're absolutely right. We must keep uh, keep that. And as Stephen mentioned earlier, Eden for the North, we're making sure that uh, what resources are needed there from the county will be made available because we, we've got to look ahead. Um, and, and, you know, Stephen said earlier, and we, we can be quite positive. I mean, at the moment, we're all down, aren't we? Quite inevitably, because we're all suffering from uh, having meetings like this instead of instead of uh, normal meetings where uh, the, the, the cup of coffee beforehand and the chat afterwards are almost as important as the meeting itself. And, and we're all missing that. But I think we can be confident um, if we all pull together, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this um, and, and we'll make sure that the Lancashire economy bounces back. And Stephen, one of the things that we started to do an awful lot of work on and we've made some big inroads into, I thought, was MIPIM. Uh, it's been announced that's going to be moved back to June. Uh, the county's still on course to be involved in that in some way? Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting, really. We, we were having conversations last year uh, about MIPIN and we were, we were kind of relaying back to Manchester just after the bomb uh, and, and then also just after the last recession in 2008, when lots of people kind of shied away from, from MIPIN and pushing their their um, particular economic priorities. You know, Manchester didn't. And I think that we want to take a leave from that book. Uh, we've already... Um, talked about having a presence at MIPIN next year um, obviously it's moved as you said so whether it'll take place don't know but you know the, the team over at Marketing Lancashire under, under Rachel McQueen you know we're still as committed as ever um, to really pushing our economy we think we still think we've got a great offer uh, notwithstanding all, everything that's going on at the moment and we want to push that offer and remind people that Lancashire is still here and it'll be very much open for business when, when COVID's long gone. Okay.